Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Renoites. My name is Connor McQuibby. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. This week on the podcast, we're talking about body positivity, fat acceptance, media representation of large people, all kinds of stuff around bodies, the language we use, the way that we treat people around their body types. My guest is Emily Treichel, who runs Curve NV, which is a plus-size clothing swap. She is fantastic, and we had such a good conversation about all of these different things that go into discrimination, fat phobia, and what we can do to make the world a more inclusive and welcoming place for people of all body types. Really, really great conversation, and I'm so glad that she was willing to join me on the show for what I think is a really important topic, and I'm glad we were able to discuss it. Before we get into the interview, of course, a couple notes from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DJ Trivia Nevada. As you know, I host trivia nights at several venues in town. You can find venues at djtrivianevada.com. We have locations all over town, Sunday through Thursday. So find a bar or restaurant near you. It's free to play. There's prizes to win. It's a ton of fun. If you haven't come out to play yet, hope you will soon. This episode is also brought to you by This Is Reno. This Is Reno is our local independent news source. It's the only locally owned independent news source in the Reno area. And they're covering a ton of stories that you might not hear anywhere else. You can go to thisisreno.com. I also follow them on social media. And I subscribe to their newsletter that comes in my email with the headlines every day. Again, that's thisisreno.com. As always, my email address is connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. If you have any feedback, guest suggestions, ideas for topics you want to hear about on the show, shoot me an email, let me know. Or send me a message on social media. I love to hear from listeners and appreciate any feedback you have to offer. And now, this week's guest, Emily Treichel. Emily Treichel, welcome to Renoites. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. So we've met and talked a little bit about this stuff already, but I'm excited to bring it to the podcast because today we're going to talk about body positivity and fat acceptance and all kinds of issues around bodies and the way that we relate to our bodies and kind of how society views different body types. And you run Curve NV, which is a plus size clothing exchange, which I think is a really cool thing to provide that opportunity for people. So I, th- I think the best place for us to start, since there's a lot of language around body positivity stuff, is can you just tell me a little bit about some of the language that you use when you're talking about these issues, what you think is an effective way to talk about body positivity, what maybe is not as effective, and just kind of talk about the language and how people do talk about these things and maybe should be talking. Definitely. I'd love to provide a little bit of insight here. And just disclaimer, not a professional. These are just the words that are comfortable for me and everybody's comfort level around the language. It's a tricky topic. And so everybody's comfort level obviously is a little bit different. Um, But I'm just going to go out and say I'm fat. And fat is not a bad word. And I don't think anybody should think that it's a bad word. It is simply a descriptor word and something that we can use in a positive way. And it only becomes something negative when we give it that negative power. So my number one thing is fat is okay. I call myself fat. I refer to my other friends who are fat as fat. And it's it's never been an issue for us. Um, it can be a little jarring to the outside world because we have been conditioned to think that fat is bad. So I highly encourage you to try it out. Maybe don't go to your one fat friend and say, hey, fatty, but you know, just start trying to use it in a little bit more of an accepting way and just see how it feels. Um, some other great buzzwords that are in the body positive community are fat acceptance, uh, fat activism, We have fat phobia, which is the fear of fat people or being fat. Um, Some other good ones that I like to throw out there too. I mean, we have, of course, the curvy, the fluffy, the plus size. All of those are perfectly fine and acceptable personally to me. And it just depends on your own comfort level. And as long as the intention behind the word isn't negative or with malintent, then it shouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. Do you find that some of the euphemisms for fat people can be sometimes like condescending or like a little too cutesy rather than direct? Definitely. I think perfect example on dating sites when it asks you to describe your body type, 
it'll say big and tall or curvy. And I think that just shows that people are afraid to use the word fat and don't really know how to approach it when describing someone, because in reality, it's just a different body type, just like someone would be slender or medium build or husky, whatever you use to describe them. It's just another describing word. So I do think people tend to err on the side of caution and it comes out a little bit, like you said, too cutesy or um, just not accurate. Mm hmm. I mean, do you think part of that is, I mean, there's obviously this fear of offending. You don't want to offend anyone. I think that we have had fat coded as a, like a bad word, a negative thing for so long that people are probably afraid to offend or they don't want to be seen as fat phobic by using the word fat. So their only kind of alternative are these euphemisms, those kind of things. Do you think it would be better for people who maybe are not fat, but are talking about these kind of issues to just use the word fat in a non-negative way, just as a, an actual descriptor, would that normalize and maybe take away some of the stigma if it was just like regular usage for people? I think we're not quite there yet as a society because it does come off jarring and insensitive if you're using it as not a fat person. So the best thing that you can do is just ask someone before you assume and just mm -hmm. sort of like you would ask someone, what pronouns are you comfortable with? How, what name should I refer to you as? Just say, hey, I'm referring to your body type. And hopefully that's a conversation you're having with them because you shouldn't really be talking about anyone else's body with anyone else other than them. Mm -hmm. um, so just say, what do you use when you're describing your body to someone? What is the word that's comfortable to you? And take it from there. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Speaking about people talking about other people's bodies, that seems to be one of the biggest issues with fat acceptance and body positivity is that a lot of people seem to feel entitled to talk about other people's bodies as a normal course of business. Um, just in the way that we talk about people, there is a lot of kind of natural tendency in our society to judge people by what they look like and what their body is like. Can you talk a little bit about whether your body is anyone else's business to talk about, like what the place is in like normal society for talking about ourselves and other people's bodies. What do you think should we be doing? Like, can you talk a little bit about that, that angle? Definitely. I think that willingness and eagerness to discuss other people's bodies and their physical appearance and how they present physically is a direct reflection of the way that society talks about bodies and portrays bodies in the media. And if we really want to break that and sort of take that stigma, that negative stigma away from referring to larger bodies as bad or disabled bodies as bad or whatever it may be, we really need to just own the conversation and take ownership of it ourselves. And I really think that anyone who's talking about someone else's body, if you're uncomfortable with it, as a listener on that conversation, then they're probably uncomfortable with it too. And the person whose body they're referring to definitely wouldn't like it. So it takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of guts, but speaking up and just saying, Hey, this isn't a cool conversation. This is really none of our business. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you should take this up with them would be, would go a long way. I, I think for sure. And listen, I work with preschoolers. Kids are really honest and they talk about my body, about other people's bodies all the time because they're learning and that's how they process information. But I always tell them, unless it's about your own body, you shouldn't be talking about it. You can talk about your body with your parents, with your caregivers, with your doctor, but you shouldn't really talk about your body to anyone else. It doesn't matter. You know, that's not what we're here for. We're here to play and learn and grow and have fun. And, and that doesn't that doesn't need to be um, with a high focus on our bodies. And I think that is a great way of looking at it for adults as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that there's this focus a lot of times in media too around bodies. And this is nothing new. This has been the case in you know Hollywood and movies and the music industry, everything around pop culture, uh, I guess, since like the invention of the television. So we're going back quite a ways now where people's physical appearance has become front and center even if their body has nothing to do with their performance with or what they're trying to do, they still have to have a certain look. And this applies a lot to music where now every single pop star, uh, you know, they all have smaller bodies. They're all photogenic, telegenic, regardless of how good they sing or how good they play an instrument, those kind of things. So can you talk a little bit about kind of the, 
the media representation for fat people and for body positivity, it feels like it's changed a lot in recent years where there's there's more representation. But obviously, there's a lot to correct for a long history. Can you talk a little bit just about the media representations and how you see that fitting into how people view um, bigger people? For sure. I think it has changed. It has changed uh, drastically in the last maybe five to 10 years. With that said, though, drastically is still just not even reaching the bare minimum, in my opinion, as a fat person. We have superstars like Lizzo, who's out there representing for the fat bodies of the world and and BIPOC members of the world. Um, We have Instagram influencers. Social media obviously has taken over, and it's a great way to fight for representation. And so we do see more people of size in the media in those ways we have shows like this is us with actresses and actors who are bigger and that's sort of the first time that this is happening in such a mainstream way there's been several different smaller ways of it happening over the past 20 years or so but before that it wasn't it wasn't really happening so it does make me happy and excited to see that representation but i will say as a fat person, I know that we have a long way to go and we're just starting out and it makes me happy to see these changes, but it also just makes me like that hunger for more is just so intense right now. It's starting to feel a little bit more normalized and it just makes me so excited for the future in representation in the media, social media with um, singers and actresses and actors and, and, and all of it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I think about kind of the ways in which, bigger people have been represented in the media over years. And I think there was a time where there was a lot more representation of fat people in comedy. And that is not necessarily a positive association of like, it was clownish or silly or um, like fun, but like depersonalizing. A hundred percent. So that feels like one of those things that's a, should feel like a step forward because it's representation, but maybe it's negative representation. And then I feel like in the last few years, a lot of the representation that I've seen has been from like uh, fashion houses and like high fashion and a lot of even like underwear and like showing more skin and it's a body positive and more accepting, but it's also like overtly sexual and which also can be seen as kind of dehumanizing and objectifying. So do you think that a lot of the representation that's happened has some kind of like pluses and minuses and, and what kind of representation do you think you'd like to see more of, if not that? I completely agree. And I'm so glad that you can see that as a straight size person. And I often wonder if average size people realize those negative things as well as we branch out into having more inclusivity and representation. But Rebel Wilson is the perfect example of the comedy aspect that you were referring to. She recently lost a bunch of weight and is really thin now and has been very open and and outspoken about it all over social media. And it came to light that she actually said she gained weight to be funnier and that someone who she was competing against in a stand-up comedy show a long time ago was bigger and was getting more laughs than her. And she thought, well, why is that girl getting more laughs than me? Well, she's bigger. That must be it because she was making fat jokes and, and whatever. And so she went ahead and took it upon herself to gain a little bit of weight. And then she landed major roles like in Pitch Perfect and bridesmaids and and they're hilarious movies and they're so great but if you go back and watch them with that lens of you know inclusivity it's funny because she's fat and that's how it was written and and now she's lost all this weight and it's it's insulting and it's sad because these people young men and women who thought oh there's someone who looks similar to me in the media and widespread media now is coming out saying I'm just kidding. I only gained that weight because I wanted to be funnier and now it's not funny anymore. So I'm skinny now. So that, that really takes a toll. Um, some representation that I'd love to see is just more mainstream things like things like newscasters, people that you see every day, magazine covers, obviously social media. I want to see more fat representation on social media, but you're absolutely right. Even on the huge social media platform, TikTok which I'm a huge fan of, uh, they censor a lot of fat people and there can be a skinny person in a thong bikini twerking, doing whatever they want. And it has millions of views. But if a fat person does the same thing, 
it'll get flagged and the video will get taken down for being too sexual. And I Hmm. think people like Lizzo are challenging this status quo and she's very open with her body and she's putting it out there and she's obviously very comfortable with it. And some of her videos have been taken down and things that she posts on social media are considered very risque and not a lot of people's taste. But if you think about it, it's the same stuff that thinner people are posting and people don't even bat an eye. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also, I think, a huge gender element to this. And we talked about this a little bit the other day where women have always been expected to dress a certain way, look a certain way, have a certain body type, um, the, like the fashion industry, the beauty industry, the diet industry, all of these things have been so clearly targeted at women forever. And now it feels like there is this movement around body positivity that is being led by women. And I wonder about some of the gender dynamic stuff too. There's obviously very, very plus size men as well too, but you don't really hear as much from them or about them in these body positive conversations. So can you talk a little bit about um, why you think that is? Do you think that men kind of get a pass for their body, whatever type it is? Or is it that men are maybe unwilling to do the vulnerable work of you know, talking about their bodies and making it an issue? Like, what do you think goes into the the gender stuff around body positivity? Right. That's a great point. And it's definitely super prevalent. I would say for some men, they do sort of get a pass because men essentially have, we've been conditioned to think that a big, strong man is a good thing. And so size for men is viewed as a positive thing. Whereas for women, it's the opposite. We're expected to be dainty and small and take up less space and not talk too loud. And that's a cultural thing, but it also goes back so far, right? It's so such a historical thing that's always sort of been prevalent in culture and society. And Men do get a pass in some ways, but in a lot of ways, and if you asked a plus size man, I think they would disagree with you. Um, Plus size clothing options have recently been ramping up for bigger sizes, but that's for women, not men. There's not a lot of inclusivity for men in the clothing industry, especially not representation in the higher fashion industry for bigger men. It's, It's very, very minimal. And I think for some men, they don't really care, right? They don't, they don't mind. They kind of just do their own thing and it's not a big deal. A lot of men typically don't like to shop. They don't put an emphasis on that. Women tend to seek more validation from others, from our friends and from the outside world, whereas men don't really do that. So I think that's part of why we don't see as much representation on social media and platforms like that. Because they just, men just usually don't care, typically, right? Without being sexist and saying men don't care about whatever. No, but I'm trying to see from their perspective, and it seems like that's usually the case. But for the men who do care, it's still really challenging, and there aren't a lot of options out there for them. Mm -hmm. And there's also, there's a racial component here, too. And I know we're two white people talking about this, so it's hard to speak for anyone else, but it seems that a lot of body positive stuff is led by black women, by people of color. There seems to be either maybe an earlier adoption of body positivity, or maybe that comes from, you know, a history of having to fight as a marginalized group, having that practice already applying that to body positivity stuff. Uh, what's your experience been around that? Do you see that as being part of the the drive behind body positivity movements? And, and why do you think that there is that, uh, that racial aspect as well? Right. Um, first of all, I'll just say fat phobia is a hundred percent rooted in racism. And as with many things in this world that are terrible, they come back to their racist roots and fat phobia is one of those things. And I think Culturally, for people of color, um, you think of the most people of color who are most represented here in the United States, black people and Hispanic people, generally curves and being larger, especially for women, is more acceptable in those cultures. So I think that is part of what makes it a little bit easier is that they've just had a little bit more acceptance a little bit longer than white culture. And white culture is the furthest thing from fat acceptance possible. And a lot of the big representation of fat people and fat acceptance um, Instagram accounts or social media accounts 
are mid-sized white women. So I think you're right. It's not accurately represented and it's not fair. And that's what I'm super passionate about is just continuing to have the conversation and let people know that, hey, fat phobia is rooted in racism. These are two huge things that we need to address as a society. And you as a straight size white man or me as a plus size white woman in my mid 20s, we can have a positive effect on this and we should. And so we need to fight the good fight because it's our responsibility to do so for the people who don't have a say. Mm-hmm. What goes into that, do you think, for for people who are not personally, individually invested in, I mean, we should all be invested in body positivity and p- everyone being able to feel comfortable and, and have access, uh, whatever their body type is. That should be the case. But for people who don't have the, um, the direct experience of it, that it's not personally impactful to them on the day-to-day, how do you think people like myself should uh, should be more aware about body positivity or, or what can people do outside of their own personal interests to foster a more accepting, tolerant kind of world around our bodies? Right. That's a great question. My number one thing is just preach fat acceptance in any way that you can, whether it be liking and sharing social media content from a fat creator, whether it be telling your friends who may be fat or plus size, like, hey, I'm trying to learn more about this. What would help you? Um, Really just preaching that fat acceptance because you as a straight size white man, you do still have pull and your friends who are straight size or wh- wherever their whatever their background is, wherever they come from, they're going to see that. And just like media completely gets in our brain and brainwashes us that skinny is best. If we start seeing more representation of fat people, fat creators, fat content, fat positive stuff, activism things, then we're going to be more accepting of it just because that's what happens. We scroll on social media all day long and whether we like to admit it or not, it, it gets into our head and into our brain. So oh, yeah. it's important. I don't want to do too much around health stuff because I think that there is this tendency very often for people to feel like as soon as the conversation turns to a health issue uh, and we talk about public health, we talk about things that matter society-wide, it seems to create this kind of permission structure for people who are not fat to opine about the health issues of fat people. Uh, which is probably not our place to do. And I'm certainly not a doctor. But can you talk a little bit about the the health aspect of having a, like kind of a societal conversation around fat people that is rooted in these health issues, which you can't actually see or determine by looking at someone's body, which are much more complex than just someone's weight. There's so much more that goes into being healthy. Can you just talk a little bit about kind of the conversation around health and whether you think that is... Um, whether it's helpful, whether it's productive, whether it needs to be had, just kind of the your take on on whether that should be part of the conversation. And if so, like, how should we be talking about health? What approach should we be taking? And are we doing the right thing now? Or what do you think? Right. I don't think we're doing the right thing now. And I don't have a straight answer on what the right thing would be. But I can tell you this. The only person who should be talking about a fat person's health is that fat person and their health care providers. And that's it. And if you feel inclined to comment on a person's health of any size, then you should probably do some self-reflection because what about your own health? Have you checked up on it lately? When's the last time you went to the doctor? And if you're on top of your own health, unless you have a doctorate degree and you are a healthcare provider and I am paying you and enlisting your help, then you have no right to comment on anything about my body or my health. And if you take nothing from this podcast, that's all I can say is just like, just like you said it perfectly, you cannot tell somebody's health status by looking at them. And that goes for people of any size. There might be something going on internally that you have no idea of. People who look super healthy might not be and vice versa. Someone who looks unhealthy to you by what media's and society standards are, they might not be or they may they may be super healthy. You just never know. And so to comment about someone's health is really not okay. And we see it so often on social media, you know, you're, you're glorifying obesity, or, you know, you're telling young people that it's okay to be fat. And it's like, listen, this is how I am. And if you don't like it, just keep scrolling because behind a keyboard, 
I, I can't see your doctorate. I, I don't know that you're a doctor. And if I'm not paying you, like I said, and enlisting your help, then really you have no right to say anything about my health. Health is always an important conversation for everybody, I think, to have on their own terms. And it's not something that the public should be commenting on. And I'm a huge fan of doing what is good for your body. And you're the only one who knows that you and your, your healthcare providers, and that's it. And nobody can tell you anything differently. It's, it's pretty simple to me. Um, with that said though, I think it is good to still have open conversation surrounding the idea of health at every size, because every person is capable of being healthy and, you can do things as a fat person, even with limited mobility or health issues that you might not want to speak of, you can still do things that are healthy. You can eat foods that make your body feel good. You can do activities, joyful movement. You can do things that make you feel good. And that's exactly what health at every size is. And I truly believe that every person should have access to that because so many people get discriminated against for their size at the doctor. And if you go to the doctor and you say, I have a headache, chances are that doctor is going to say, well, let's address your weight. But the truth of the matter is we need to start addressing the issues themselves. And then if weight falls off for whatever reason, that's its own story. And that's a totally different conversation, but we need to treat what the person is presenting with and being fat is not always the first line of treatment and it should not be. And I think that's an important conversation that a lot of people aren't ready to have because we have been so trained to assume that fat equals unhealthy. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about curve NV. So curve is your, uh, is it business or, or how does it work? It's a plus size clothing it's a exchange hobby at this point, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a great opportunity for people to have access to plus size fashion, which I know is a huge challenge uh, for bigger bodies. And a lot of, you know, major retailers just don't have the size availability. So tell me about curve NV and kind of the idea behind it, how you created it and, and what it is. Sure. So I was working in a preschool in, it was about 2012. And I had a parent who would always come in and pick up her child. And she was a plus size gal and she always looked adorable. Her outfits always matched. She was always coordinating, just dressed to the nines. And I found myself constantly giving her compliments and asking her, Hey, where did you get those clothes? And one day as a joke, I said, let's just trade wardrobes. And all of a sudden it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, wait a second, we actually could trade wardrobes. We could do that. Uh, would you be interested? Can I have your clothes, please? Um, so I went into my classroom. It was nap time. All the kids were sleeping and I just started writing out ideas. And I got home that night and I was super excited telling my family about it. And my mom said, oh my gosh, I think you're onto something. You can call it Big, Beautiful and Broke. And so we did. So that was what it was originally called, Big, Beautiful and Broke shout out to my mom, my biggest supporter. And so we just went about it. We did our first clothing swap. We had it at this amazing photography studio, which was a beautiful space. It was a hot mess. I traveled around for weeks around town collecting plus size clothes from people, which consisted of large black trash bags full of very questionable items and, <laughs> you know, covered in dog hair, smelling a little funky. And so we just started, we just jumped in and we realized there was about 14 people at our first event. We realized that there was a need for it, but we just needed to um, zone in a little bit more on how we wanted to present ourselves and what services we really wanted to offer our community. At this time, there was no Torrid in Reno. Torrid is one of the largest plus size retailers. And I had to drive to Sacramento to go shop at Torrid. And to this day, Torrid is one of the only retailers who carries clothes in my size that are obtainable. They're not affordable, but they are obtainable for me. And I think for many people, they're in the same boat. So we, we made the drive and we started realizing like, you know, we just need more options here in Reno. So we really put our pedal to the metal and focused on this clothing swap thing. And now we're in 2021, we've done about 15 different clothing swaps over the years. Um, we have large events, we have small events, we have private events in private homes. And one of my favorite parts of it all is we got to go and host clothing swaps around the United States. We've done one in Chicago. We've done several in Vegas. We've done some in Dallas, Texas. And we've connected with so many amazing body positive and size acceptance groups around the United States. It's just been 
absolutely eye-opening and life-changing for us. And so now we sort of rebranded right before the pandemic, and we want to put a focus on size-inclusive events here in Reno. We want to have meetups. We want to invite people of every size and ability to come down and just build a community and make friends and not feel judged based on your size and feel comfortable and welcomed. And so once we get a little bit more used to life with COVID, we're definitely going to be doing more of those things. But for now, our, our main bread and butter are our clothing swaps. And we've had people find their wedding dresses at clothing swaps. We've had people come in in tears and saying, I have a medical condition. I can only use these types of clothes. I can't find them anywhere and leave with a whole bag full of them. So it's been absolutely life-changing for us. And it's just it's my pride and joy. And I'm so proud to be able to offer this service and um just community to the people around Reno because we need more of it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I imagine that the challenge of shopping with limited options has got to be really frustrating because it feels like everybody else can shop like whatever your, your background, whatever your economic status, there's something for you in some kind of major retailer. But for people who are really plus size, there is just such this limit of options. And by creating that, it feels like the the natural side effect is that that community is going to build around it, right? Is that something that you've kind of seen happen as people find out about the the clothing swap and kind of the opportunity to have more more fashion and more options? And as a result, they also end up tied in with kind of like a, a supportive community? Yes, I would say that is true for sure. I think a lot of people are scared to go out, especially, you know, post COVID, they're scared to branch out and out of their comfort zones. But even pre COVID, I mean, we're, we're all conditioned as a society that, you know, our bodies are not acceptable. So we're more comfortable staying at home and not breaking out of our comfort zone. So that's really the goal here. And I think people have found community. I've met some of my absolute best friends in my entire life through the clothing swap. And I know several other people who have as well. And that's really what it's all about is that community piece and just letting people know that they are not alone. And there are other people in this world who will not judge them and who have the same struggles as them and will be willing to support them in any way possible, whether that's lending them an outfit for a party or an event or talking them down off a cliff, whatever it is, I literally have done it all in relation to Curve Envy. And I think that's what we need in Reno as a stronger plus size community. And, and that will naturally lead to that networking and those relationships and that overall acceptance here in Northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned when we were talking about this the other day was kind of some rules or etiquette about things that you talk about or don't talk about with the clothing swaps. Like it's not a place to go say, oh, I lost all this weight and here's all these clothes because that is not necessarily a helpful message to people that are coming to the clothing swap. Can you talk a little bit more about um, about that element of the clothing swaps, that acceptance and and the way that you talk and communicate within the community? Definitely. So we have a pretty big Facebook group of a couple thousand people and a lot of them are local and we do a lot of our communicating through that platform. And a lot of the time the Facebook group is quiet, but other times of the year, you know, people are looking for items or sharing items that they no longer need or will post something funny on there just for a good laugh or an encouraging message. And I always encourage people do not post about weight loss. We don't want to see before and afters. We don't want any of that conversation conversation here because it's a conversation that is just so emotionally fueled and none of us are professionals. None of us are healthcare workers directly working with these people in this group. So we don't have the capacity to talk about those things. And that's really not what we're here for. We're here to build community, spread fat acceptance and spread joy. And oftentimes conversations surrounding weight loss or weight gain, et cetera, um, they, they do the opposite. So that's never been what we're about. Mm-hmm. Where do you think is a good place for those conversations? So there are people who are plus size who do want to lose weight either for health issues or uh, just to because they want to, um, not that they should have to have a reason. Um, so where do you feel like there's a good place for those kind of conversations to be had in a healthy way that's not based on shame of the body that you're in, that's not based on fitting some kind of societal standard, uh, but for personal reasons? Like, how do you approach that as someone who's focused on fat acceptance and body positivity? 
for people who do want to actually make some changes to their body. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how to approach that or the right way to to have those conversations? Sure. And this is something that I'm constantly learning. I have been trying and learning how to accept my body as it is my entire life, my entire 29 years of existence on this earth. So it's, it's always changing for me. My perspective is, and I'm always making mistakes, but I will say this. I think those conversations are great to have with people that you truly trust and care about, not with strangers on the internet that you may have met once or twice at an event. Um, there's other, Facebook is a great resource. There's tons of groups on Facebook for very specific things. So if you have an issue like that where you're like, you know what, I'm really, I have this goal. I want to meet by this time and I need to learn how to do it, whatever it may be. I can almost guarantee you there's a group for that. Um, Curve Envy isn't the group for that, but we, you can meet with a smaller group of people in Curve Envy. We can set up a small meetup where people can talk about those things if that's what they want to talk about. And that's the general consensus, but we need to make sure that everyone there who's involved in the conversation has the option to join the conversation or not. Talking about weight loss is very triggering. People with eating disorders of any kind, it's it's a huge trigger. And I think it's so prevalent all over social media and everywhere that we should have the choice if we want to see that stuff or not. We should have the choice if we want to talk about it or not. So just being open and saying, hey, we're going to meet up and have a conversation about going on walks once a month as fat girls who want to exercise. Great. Then that allows the people who have that choice to, it gives them that choice to choose if they want to participate in that rhetoric or not, because not everyone does. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that is something that is put, I, I'm assuming the answer is yes. Do you feel like that's something that's put on fat people a lot? Is this expectation that they're always supposed to be able to talk about weight loss, to be focused on their body? Like, I assume that that comes up all of the time. It sure does. People are really quick to say, hey, I have an aunt who did Weight Watchers and it worked well for her and she still ate everything she wanted and she lost 200 pounds or I have a friend who did this type of procedure and they lost so much weight or I have a friend who lost all her baby weight and even for thin people, it's a thing, you know, it just constantly comes up and it's exhausting. And so it takes a lot of time and self-acceptance to be able to stop someone in that conversation and that microaggression, whatever it may be, and just say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I'm going to excuse myself, or I don't think it's appropriate that you're talking about that right now, but you're right. It's super prevalent. It always happens. People have horror stories of even strangers on the street who will mm -hmm. stop them and say, you are so beautiful. This is how you should lose weight things of that nature. So it's, it's heart wrenching and it's hard to talk about for a lot of people. And it takes a long time to accept the fact that you are allowed to not engage in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would imagine that having like firm boundaries about what you will talk about, won't talk about, um, what kind of conversations you want to have probably comes with the territory of being a bigger person that people feel entitled to talk about bodies with, right? Like having that, those boundaries and being able to say no is probably an important skill that, um, is that something that you see in the community and that you try to foster in other people too, is like setting boundaries about what's okay and what's not. Listen, I'm trying to learn how to set my own boundaries. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think that is very, it's, it's so true. We try to set those boundaries as much as we can. And I think the opposite is true too, is that thin people or people who have never had to worry about being too big or not fitting in a booth or a seat at a restaurant, they're more inclined to talk about other people's weight with each other or their own weight with each other. But I also think there's some factor where average size people are afraid to bring up the topic of weight with fat people, because mm -hmm. like you said, they don't want to offend them. So that's where I just try to almost like beat them to the punch. It sounds terrible and it's probably a protection measure on my end, but I just like to go out there and say, Hey, I'm fat and that's okay. And I start the conversation because I don't want other people to feel pressured or feel like they are going to offend me. I want them to know that I have a certain level of acceptance with my body and I'm comfortable with it. And I will tell you if there's something you say that I'm not comfortable with, but what's heartbreaking for me and really what I try to do is just give that to other people because there's so many people who don't have that power and that confidence yet. I believe that everyone's capable of it, but it's scary and it's hard. So that's definitely my goal is just to let other people know, like you can, you can do this. You totally mm -hmm. can. 
Yeah. We talked the other day a little bit about dating, which I imagine is a huge struggle because people are fat phobic and in the modern dating world, especially like with apps and things, there's got to be so much that goes into how do you address those issues right off the bat? How do you filter people that are not going to accept you or that are going to judge you for your body? Can you talk a little bit about uh, like navigating the single world as a fat person in 2021, um, whether this increased acceptance, have you noticed it in the dating world or is uh, it not happening quickly enough? Kind of what has been your experience around that and and what do you think we could be doing to make things better? Right. Thank you. Um, well, I will say this too, is that, you know, superstars like Drake, he had that song where he said, I like my girls BBW. And all of a sudden, you know, all these men were saying, actually, I like my girls BBW too. So I think there's definitely some groundbreaking things that are happening. Um, whether or not Drake's lyrics are super groundbreaking is up for debate. However, I will say that he definitely opened the door for a little bit of conversation surrounding that when nobody else was talking about it. So props to you, Drake. I'm sure he's listening right now. Um, I'll send him my number later. But <laughs> I think that, you know, dating in general is hard and it's exhausting. And social media has changed the way that we date and the way that we meet people. And I think as a fat person, that's a big fear is that meeting someone online, they're going to assume that I'm a catfish or, you know, I'm fatter in person or whatever it may be that's so scary to them. Hey, it's scary to me too. And there's definitely a lot of sexual fetishes surrounding fat people, which is a concern for me because it's not something that I'm interested in, but Hey, there's a lid for every pot. So some people are, and that's fantastic. Do your thing, but it is hard to navigate how to how to filter that stuff out. Like you were saying, um, there are some plus size friendly dating sites or dating apps. I personally haven't used them, but I've heard of them and I know people have luck on them, but I use different dating sites and I have four years and I just try to be straightforward and make sure I post full body pics. So people understand what they're getting into. And there's the occasional jerk who will come along and just open up the conversation with something super rude or condescending. And it's hard and, you know, I block them and I move on with my life, but other people, it takes a bigger effect on them. So you just, it, it's just, you never know what you're going to get in the dating pool in general, but being fat, even more so we need mm -hmm. to do like a plus size speed dating. You could host it. Maybe we can put <laughs> that out. That'd be amazing. That does sound like kind of a, a fun event for sure. Yeah. I would worry. Also, you mentioned like the fetishism and I think that exists not just for fat people, but for any kind of marginalized group or race or whatever, that's always a conversation about wanting to be wanted, but not wanting to be fetishized. And I think yes. that uh, crosses a lot of different, a lot of different groups and a lot of different lines. Um, and I'm sure that's a frustration because obviously the the goal is to be wanted for who you are, not for like one like particularly physical characteristic. Definitely. And there's some amazing groups out there who are really doing some work in this and around this that not a lot of people are talking about. There's some amazing groups, a group ran by a gal who I absolutely love named Novella. And she runs a Facebook group called Pretty Plus and Proud. And they host plus size, size friendly events. They're doing one in Chicago next week, I think. And a lot of people go there with the hopes of meeting a plus size person or a fat admirer, as they are called, um, and starting up a relationship with the common understanding that most people at that event are going to be fat. Most people there who are might be single and looking for someone to date are probably interested in a fat person. So it definitely helps break the barriers a little bit. Um, there's another awesome group based in Southern California called Excellence Plus. They host uh, plus size events. They call them bashes a few times a year. They have one in New Jersey and two in Vegas. And it's awesome. I mean, I went to those. We host plus size clothing swaps there. And there's definitely that fetish element at those events. And the events can get a little bit of a negative um, connotation to them. But I will say, like, you get out what you put in. And if you go there looking for a fetish type experience, that's what you're going to get. But if you go there with your friends to have a positive size inclusive experience and go to a fat clothing swap, that's what you're going to get as well. So there's definitely people out there doing the work and opening the doors for that whole dating scene. Um, but it is still a marginalized group and it's a marginalized 
uh, desire. And so we have to really hone in on where those people exist and, and what works for them. And some people, dating sites work great. Other people, in-person events, whatever it may be, find what works for you because every fat person is worthy of a healthy relationship, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that having us all more connected via social media in recent years has been something that's been generally positive for uh, the plus size community, being able to find other people uh, both for dating, for community, for clothing swaps, for all of these things. Um, do you think it generally just the increased visibility has been a pretty big game changer in recent years? I think it has. There's definitely the negatives that come with it as well. I mean, when you subject a certain community or a certain group to more conversations surrounding what they are and what they do, then you're going to have more naysayers. That's just how it goes as with anything. Um, but overall, I'd say it's been a profoundly positive impact on the plus size community. We have a lot of acceptance going on all over social media and through social events. And it just, it, the sky's the limit. And I think it's only up from here. So I think it's been, it's been awesome. I personally am very grateful to be existing in this part of the fat acceptance journey right now, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I'm always torn about the like benefits versus the drawbacks of the hyper-connected social media world. And I talk about it a lot on this podcast. I'm like pretty critical of social media, but I use social media a lot. And very often while I'm busy talking crap about how social media ruins everything, I'll stumble into a conversation where I'm like, oh, wait a second, like acceptance for a lot of groups has really improved. And that has gone right alongside with the growth of social media and the more that we're connected. Right. I mean, you can find your people. That's all it's about, right? Once you find your people, then you're set. And social media just opens up the possibilities for you to find your people. And if mm -hmm. we all found our people a little earlier in life, I think this world would be a lot better place. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Can I ask you a little bit about kind of your personal journey towards fat acceptance? Um, can you talk a little bit about how you have felt in the past versus how you feel now and kind of what that process has been like of kind of unlearning the internalized fat phobia that probably comes with uh, with, you know, growing up as a bigger person. Can you just talk a little bit about your own kind of path towards being more accepting and, uh, you know, loving your body more than you probably did as a younger person? Definitely. I just think, first of all, I've been fat my whole life. I was nine pounds, some odd ounces when I was born. I've always, I'm tall. I'm five, nine. I'm just a big person in general. Um, so it's not something that I had to learn it's not like I was thinner and then all of a sudden I gained weight and I'm, you know, having this body dysmorphia. That's not how it was for me, but that is how it is for a lot of people. And I think I'm grateful for that, right? Like I've always been fat Emily. That's just who I am. It's part of my identity. It's not the most interesting thing about me by any means, but it's definitely very prevalent. And so I think that has really helped shape my journey. But along with that, I will say that my family, my mom, my dad, my close friends and relatives have generally always been amazingly supportive and had my back if anyone had anything negative to say about my body type. That alone is a huge blessing, and I know that so many people don't have that. So I think that's a huge factor. But I've gone through it all, and I'm constantly learning when it comes to accepting my body, and it's always a struggle. And people will often say to me, I wish I had your confidence or, you know, I wish I had whatever it may be. And I just think like if they only knew what was going on inside of my head, um, nine times out of 10, I'm faking it until I make it. And it generally works out, but sometimes it doesn't. So it's just, it's a hard conversation to have with yourself. But the number one thing I think anyone can do is just have that positive self-talk. Even on days where you're like, man, I feel like shit. And it, ha sorry, if I'm not allowed to say that, yeah, it not. happens to everyone, right? We all wake up some days and we're just like, none of my clothes look right. Nothing feels good. I don't want to go to work, whatever it may be. Even in those hard moments, just saying like, Hey, you got this. You're fine. Your body's strong. You're beautiful. I love your eyes, whatever it may be. Just pick one thing every day and tell yourself that it's good. And it doesn't have to be a physical characteristic. You could say you woke up today. I'm so proud of you, self. Good job. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Some days it's hard to wake up. Um, but for me, my journey has mostly just been surrounded by really caring people who want to see me do well and who are really supportive. And the ones who aren't, because there's been a lot of that too, um, I just tend to leave them in the dust because I know that I still have my supportive people by my side. And mm -hmm. it helps when you have other friends who look like you. A lot of my friends are fat. 
all of my best friends are fat. And, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together and that might be the case, but we understand each other's struggles. You know, we know where we're coming from. And I have lots of average size and thin size friends too. And and I'm open with them about my fat struggles and they're open with me about their struggles, but it's just kind of developed into this persona of who I am of like, I try to be accepting of everyone and that includes myself. And that's the hardest part, right? Like I can be so accepting of anyone else. I can tell you your outfit is on point and you look amazing. And then I'll go home and look at mine and say, oh, why did I wear that? Oh my gosh, I'm never wearing that again. And that's how everyone is, whether you're skinny or fat or purple or yellow or tall or short, it doesn't matter. Um, We all have those moments, but I, in the last, I'd say five years, my fat acceptance has blossomed 150%. I went to one of those plus size events that I was talking to you about in Las Vegas. Um, It was Excellence Plus Summer Bash. They had a pool party on the rooftop of a Vegas casino and it was at nighttime and I didn't know what to expect, but I put on a two-piece bathing suit. I did my hair and makeup and I felt good, but I was very nervous. And I walked out on that pool party deck and I saw all these beautiful fat women absolutely killing it, slaying, living their best lives, not caring what anyone else thinks. I saw men and women of all types just admiring all these other fat women who look just like me. And for the first time ever in my life, I thought I was like, I was that Like I was her, I was cute. I had arrived. Like that was my time to shine. And so the nervous energy turned into like excitement of like what could possibly be next for me because I was just so grateful to be in that moment. And that specific event was definitely a catalyst that changed my life when it comes to fat acceptance. And I highly recommend, I can't say enough, anybody who wants to go to one of those events or you might be curious it's definitely a little out of the comfort zone for a lot of us, but it's worth it because you'll feel normal. And, you know, I've been on dates before with people and I'm, you know, at an event or at a, a bar and I'm with like an average size person. And I feel like everyone in the room is looking at me and thinking, Oh, how'd she, how'd she handle that? How'd she pull that guy? Oh my gosh. Why is he with that fat girl? Um, and it wasn't until after one of those events that I went out on a date with an average size person And I felt completely normal and I felt worthy of being in their presence. And it was like, man, I really have some stuff to unlearn here because why did I ever think that I wasn't worthy? And so that's just a big conversation that I'm really dealing with right now. I mean, I have every day I have a new experience that sort of shapes that, but you have to constantly do the work and it's hard, but you got to be okay with those feelings of am I worthy? Am I not? And then remind yourselves that you are and move forward. So it's been a journey and it's a never ending journey. And today I feel good. Tomorrow might be different, but all I can do is try. Right. <laughs> right. Can we talk a little bit about, about weight loss surgery? Cause you, you were considering doing a weight loss surgery and you're not going to right now, but can you talk a little bit about what your thinking was as you consider that as a possibility and what led you to your current decision? And can you just talk a little bit about that as as an option and your thoughts around it? Sure. So I have an autoimmune disorder that has to do with my thyroid, and it definitely changes my hormone balance a lot, makes it very difficult for me to lose weight. And I've been diagnosed with this since I was about 10 years old, taking medication the whole nine yards. And I had thought about weight loss surgery in years past just because I felt the need to be smaller, right? That's what society told me. And I was thinking, okay, that's an option. Um, But my doctors had never said, have you thought about weight loss surgery? And I never knew it was on the table. So about a year ago, um, I asked my doctor, hey, what, what would you think about weight loss surgery? And they were so excited and they were like, oh my gosh, that's the best thing. You should totally do it. It would be so successful. You, it'd be, you're a great candidate, et cetera. And just the fact that they were so excited kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I thought, well, wait a second, <laughs> my blood works good. Like my general health is okay. Like what, why, you know, how come this has never come up? And my doctor suggested just go through the program. They, they do a program, a preliminary, like pre-surgery program that will teach you about what it is and how it affects you and, and get you started and see how you feel. So I did that. So January of 2021, I joined a weight loss surgery program and I started going through the ringer of all the hoops they make you jump through. And I just never really processed 
that it might actually come to fruition. And so I continued on with my appointments, doing all these things. And it wasn't until late this summer where I kind of took it seriously and I thought, okay, I'm accepting this now. I'm going to do weight loss surgery. I started telling my friends and loved ones about it. And everyone was so excited for me. Everyone was telling me things like, you're going to feel so much better. You will feel so great. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. And all of these little positive comments started to have a negative effect on me and my mental health. And I thought to myself, why is everyone so proud of me for losing weight? Why do they think I'm going to feel better? I don't feel bad. Yeah, my feet hurt at the end of the day, but don't all of ours? Yeah, I carry a few extra pounds on my knees, but I, I'm okay. Like I, can, I still do the things I want to do. And so that really started to cause this self-reflection of why did I sign up for weight loss surgery? Why am I doing this? And then it became a factor of you need to lose X amount of pounds before we will approve your surgery. And then I felt pressured and I felt like I'm not doing this for the right reasons. I have a lot of self-work that I need to do before I can feel comfortable in such a drastic decision. And weight loss surgery is an amazing option for a lot of people. And a lot of people are really happy with their choice to do that. I just didn't feel 100% comfortable with it for myself. And so it was a hard choice, but I decided to push it back. Um, as of now, I still have it on the books just in case I change my mind, but I'm feeling like I'm not going to do it. And I've started working with the therapist. Mental health is huge. And I've started to really unpack the reasons why I feel so guarded as a fat person and why I feel so protective over this conversation of you need to lose weight. What are the things in my life that have formed this mindset, just like anyone else, that being fat is bad and kind of having that conversation, like, am I capable of being healthy at this size? And so it's really been a huge catalyst for me of learning more about my body, listening to my body, what my body likes, what it doesn't like, what type of movements feel good, what type of exercise makes me feel energized and alive. And, and that's more important to me than losing a hundred pounds right now. That's not to say that there might not come a time in my life where I have something going on and, and the, really I need to drop a lot of weight really quick. Okay, well, that might be an option at that point. But for me, I wanted to do the work mentally and emotionally because I know that the surgery would allow me to lose 100, 200 pounds, but it wouldn't change my mindset. And mm. I think we often forget that, that like these little magic pills, they're not really magic pills. Otherwise, everyone would do it. So what is it that we need to do for ourselves, our self-care that can change our perspective and ultimately change our life? So that's a new part of the process for me. And that's where I'm at. And I'm really, really happy with the decision I made. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That, uh, that's great. Uh, what else do you want people to know about body positivity, about fat acceptance, about, about curve? Do you have any events coming up? Yeah. So we're hoping to do a plus size clothing swap in November. We're waiting on location details, but we're always looking for new locations to host clothing swaps in around Reno and Sparks. So what we do is we basically set everything up like a store. We roll in clothing racks, industrial size racks. We fill them up with clothes and everything is sorted by size. So rather than walking into a store, seeing a cute shirt and realizing they don't have it in your size, you get to go to the rack that is everything in your size and anything on that rack will fit you. And it just makes it really easy. Um, our clothes are super affordable at our clothing swaps. Nothing is over $10. So that's our, our goal is just to provide accessibility to people. And you also get credit for the clothes that you bring in. So if you bring in some clothes to donate, we'll give you credit to shop with. So that's our next goal is hosting a clothing swap in person. Obviously, a lot of that has been put on hold lately due to the the panini, <laughs> but it is hopefully back on track soon. And other than that, right now, our real main focus is just building that supportive community online. So, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're constantly looking for ways to connect. So if you're a fat person, or if you know a fat person, send them our way. And even if you're not a fat person, come join us, hang out. We always have fun when we're together. We have a party, we have raffle prizes and music, and we dance and we just make it a good time. We do fashion shows and we just want everyone to feel loved and accepted. And, and if that's something that you're into, then please holler at us because we'd love to, to meet you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really rad to meet. I know we met for coffee like a few weeks ago and ended up talking about all this stuff. And I think it's so important and so fascinating. 
And it was great to have you on the show to to talk about all this stuff, because I think it's really important and it's conversations that we don't necessarily always have as as clearly, as bluntly, as directly as we should around these issues. And I think that's a good place to start is letting people know what these issues are all about, how we think and feel about our bodies affects us and our mental health and how that ties into our sense of belonging and community. It's all really important stuff. So I'm really grateful that you took the time to come on the show and, you know, talk to me about it for someone who, again, doesn't have that much experience. And it's really important that I'm able to learn these kind of things. And hopefully listeners are taking a lot away from this as well. I hope so too. And thank you so much, Connor. I really appreciate you just putting Reno on the map and just teaching me so much more about people in my community that I had no idea about and things I didn't know were happening here. And Reno's an amazing place. And I think you're absolutely right. This is a, These are the type of conversations that we need to be having. And I'm just so grateful to talk about it anytime that I can and just spread the word that fat people are amazing too. And we want to be a part of the conversation. So thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I think you're amazing. Listeners, thank you again for checking out this week's episode of Renoites and special thanks to my guest, Emily Trichel, for coming on the show. That was such an awesome conversation. And I was so grateful to be able to learn so much about fat acceptance and body positivity and really just appreciated the opportunity to learn a lot. It was really fantastic, and I hope that our listeners took a lot away from this conversation as well. As always, if you have any feedback for me, shoot me an email, connor at renoites.com. Also, help me spread the word about the show. I'm really proud of the show. We've had some amazing guests and great conversations, but one of the challenges of a podcast like this is just letting people know about it. So tell your friends, tell your family, share posts on social media, Spread the word. If you want a sticker, shoot me a message. I'll send you a sticker in the mail, bumper sticker for your car, laptop, hydro flask, whatever. Anyways, appreciate any help spreading the word about this show. And thank you again for listening. That's all I got for you this week. See you next time. (laughs) 